Today on Melanated Conversations, we are amplifying the voice of the mental weightologist, Dr. Radisha Brown. Dr. Radisha is on the mission to empower women to live, work, play, and love at their highest potential while mastering their mind, body, and soul. On today's episode, we have an intimate conversation around mental health and physical health. And Dr. Radisha shares her own transformational success story, as well as she offers up some fabulous tips for women and professionals in the mental health space alike. She even gives your girl a little personal therapy session, so tune in for that. This was an all-around fun episode that you absolutely do not want to miss. So tune into our conversation today with licensed mental health therapist and best-selling author of Girl, Get Off the Couch, Miss Dr. Radisha Brown. Welcome to Melanated Conversations. Our narrative and our perspective. Here on the podcast, we are amplifying the voices of Black women and sharing their powerful stories of transformation. I'm Tyrion. And I'm Yana. Let's start the show. Welcome back to another episode of Melanated Conversations. Yes. <laughs> I am... I am your co-host, Tyrion. And I'm your co-host, Yana. And we've got another excited episode for our listeners today. Right, Yana? Yes. Yes, we have joining us today, Dr. Radisha Brown. And I am so excited about the conversation that we will be having with her today. So much, so much good stuff to talk about, okay? Yes. Ah, This is going to be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Listeners I'm ready to, for a treat. to chat it up. But, yes. you know, we before we get started, Radisha, I'm sorry, it's okay if we call you Radisha or you, or you prefer us to call you, you know, by, you know, your credentials, right. doctor, because, you know, you worked hard for those. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think we. No, we don't. I love that. I'm not cheap, but I. Okay, I like that. We will. We will call you Doctor Radisha. Okay, girl, I'm gonna call you Doc. Doc. No. No. Thanks for joining us today. We're excited to chat with you. Yes. Uh, I'm excited to be here on your podcast. I feel like family now. I feel like I'm getting me a cousin badge too. Come on. Join the fam. Yes. All right. Now we're going to get into our rapid fire round. Are you ready, Dr. Radisha? I am. Yes, ma'am. All right. Let's go. Oh, yes. Okay. So but before we actually get into it, Terry and I will answer these two. Yes. So the first question I'm going to throw your way. <laughs> Since we're going to talk today more about health and your weight, um, your diet and things of that nature and in the, in the bridge between, yeah. yes, mental health and weight loss, I wanted to ask a question more about diet. So this is a would you rather question. <laughs> And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, it's going to be hard for me to answer. But I'm going to throw it out there. Would okay. you rather give up sugar for life or salt for life? Sugar. Hands down. Sugar. I, gotta, I have a entire chapter in my book, Girl, Get Off the Couch, 
um, talking about sugar being the devil. Sugar is the enemy on your mm. quest for health. Mm. So absolutely sugar, hands down. Salt is actually good for you, especially if you're using sea salt. Um, and I like Himalayan sea salt. Yes. It's really good, helps provide nutrients into your, your body. So that was an easy one. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well I, I'm not going to hold you. Um, <laughs> that was going to be my answer too, sugar. But but not for the reason that you said. You're just like this is why you're the doctor and I'm not. Right. <laughs> I was just like, you know, okay, I eat more regular things and I eat sweet things. So, but not only that, and I know there's sugar in, in certain foods anyway, natural sugars and things of that nature. But you know, I'm a girl that likes seasoning, tasting her food. So I just went with their route. I just want a little, you know, a little dash. Okay, and. You know, I don't want to get biblical with you, but it is biblical. But I'm about to take you there. <laughs> mm-hmm. God said, "What did He say? You should be the salt of the earth, salt of the earth, salt." He salt. didn't say sugar, yes. not sugar. Salt. He didn't say sugar. That's he right. Salt. Hey, sure hey. So, along uh, with those credentials alone, it, it's got to be salt. It's salt. It's salt. It's salt. It's salt. Wait, so maybe it wasn't as hard as I thought. Right. Right. <laughs> What about you? You know, going three for three once again. I, I, you know, let's give up the sugar. And and I'm I agree with Yana because I definitely wasn't thinking along the lines of just the fact that I mean we know sugar is not good for us, but in the grand scheme of things, I was just like you know, I don't like stuff to be bland. Mm-hmm. I like for things to have some taste to it, seasoning. Uh, saltiness, some flavor. <laughs> so therefore, I, I'll yeah, I can forego the the sugar and and give me the salt. We can make up for sugar in other ways. Fruit, hey, okay, I'm good. Give, give me my fix. Salt, I cannot go without. I dare not have a bland piece yes, of food. Yes, Can't do it. yes. So it, so three for salt. So we just have the group salt, pepper, yes. and with Cinderella <laughs> and Cinderella. <laughs> She did it. She really did. She is not yeah, Yeah. she need to be messed with. (laughs) All right. I've got one more question. All right, Dr. Radisha. Uh All right. So what is your favorite non-traditional form of exercise? Oh, my favorite. I am a spinning girl. So spinning is a where you're riding a stationary bike, music, doing some moves on it to, to music, hip hop, to the rhythm. Mm-hmm. I love, love spinning. Is um, it the soul cycle? Spinning, I like to box. Okay. You know, to just work out some of the aggression and be like, who, who getting on my nerves? Yeah, just, just, just throwing it out there. Do you do soul cycle? Is it called soul cycle? Um, it's called, it's a, well, different people call it different, but it's essentially the name of the exercise is spinning. Okay, just spinning. Um, it's spinning. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you, you're basically, you're on a stationary yeah. bike. Yeah. You moving, you you hustling. And it's usually at the um, music, the beat. The music is so important in spinning because it helps to motivate you. you right. You popping and locking. Like, don't people be getting down. Pop locking on the bike. Clearly. I want to see it. No, listen. You're working. You're doing everything. You got a full body workout on that bike. I went, sure. I've gone to one spin class and I was like, this is trash. But I, I, I no, I'm going to tell you where they went wrong. Clearly, they, they, no didn't have, they didn't have no seasoning. They had no <laughs> salt. Well, you got to have seasoning. You got to have some seasoning. Oh, it was, it was as bland but as it wants so to be. It was so much fun. You know, the first time I went, I did not like it. Let me 
just tell you. Um, really? That's what's so important to keep trying to, to continue to not just base everything on your first impression. Mm-hmm. The seats were so small. My butt was so big. My butt hurt for at least two weeks after uh, being on that bike. You right. Gotta the, you got to get the padded shorts, right? No, I'm telling oh, you, you, the seats. You want the padded shorts. The seats is, mm-mm. You put a pad on top of that little seat. <laughs> when your butt, your butt cheeks hanging off the right and left side, ain't nothing going on. No, that's you real. They not made for our frame. They are they not. not made for our frame in mind. They not. They were not. They were not. Made Trash. For our frame. The melanated frame. Exactly. So, you, so you enjoy being off that seat. That's um, real. Popping and locking because that seat, man, your butt be hurting so so bad for sure. Yeah, well, we you're gonna have to take us to one of your classes. Yeah. Oh, for y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's easy. That's the easy one. Definitely. I'm gonna say for me. I, you know, I love to dance. So just any, any kind of dancing, as long as I'm breaking a sweat, I'm happy. If I'm not breaking a sweat, I feel like it's not exercise whatsoever. So, but I would say definitely dance. Also like TRX, which is a non-traditional form of exercise. You use your body weight on the suspension ropes and you can do all sort of, I mean, full body everything, which is cool and different, which I started probably about five or six years ago and still incorporated into my, um, exercise regimen so yeah dance and uh, trx <laughs> okay cool. what, what about you young oh gosh this is where i need help yeah Jeez, the kevin hart help me help me because <laughs> uh i don't really exercise and i need to <laughs> bless it. okay right. but we said okay, okay. Just walk and count. Walk okay and count. no okay Boom. i do walk i do walk okay, yes but go, but 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 I was but you gave me the question too. You gave us a question non traditional. So my mind went with like um, running these kids back and forth to all the different uh, um, activities. Non traditional. <laughs> I heard running. I heard running. Exactly. That is running. I, I'm I'm going to do better in 2020, you guys. My uh, other favorite non traditional is lifting a glass of wine. Up, uh, yeah, uh, you know, on the table, yes. up to my mouth, down. I do that about two times a week. Boom. Two, three times. A week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I'm just playing. Like the dishes, like uh, just throw the whole interview <laughs> away. Like, you don't know. We we need you today to yes. break it down for us. Help us. So, okay, that was fun. Yes. So let's let's really get to the reason why we are here today. Mm-hmm. Is we want, we want to hear more about you. We want to hear your story. You want to hear how you can help us. You can help me get off the couch because I need to get off. Girl, get off the couch. Girl, get- I know that's right. Girl, get off the couch for sure. Welcome originally from Charleston, South Carolina. I'm one of five kids. My mom was addicted to drugs and alcohol. So my grandmother raised us until she died when I was about nine years old. Mm. And so all of us ended up in foster care. So I'm a product of the South Carolina Department of Foster Care, Department of Social Services. So until from the age from age nine to, to 18. So mm. I went off to college. So life was difficult. We were extremely poor. And I had no one in my family to, to, to go to college. I didn't realize college was an option for a poor black girl from the country in South Carolina. It just wasn't, wasn't a thought. And um, only person in my family to graduate high school was I had an aunt who grew up in New York. She was the only person that I knew that even graduated high school. So 
education was just not an option. It didn't feel like an option for for us, for me. You know, living in the South, growing up, food was, was my best friend, and I used food to cope with all the trauma and pain that was happening. You know, food is always there. Yeah. You know, cheap, easily available, and, and that was my best friend. As a result, I was you know, almost 90 pounds overweight. Despite my educational achievements, I still use food to cope with good times, bad times, when I was bored, when I was happy, when I was sad, when I was, you know, um, going through, you know, a difficult situation. Food was just the, the constant in my life. And so I am a licensed mental health therapist. I help women who are struggling with emotional eating to to get rid of the mental weight that's that's contributed to their physical weight. And that's essentially what I had to do my own self. That was my journey. Um, and I wrote about my journey in my book, Girl, Get Off the Couch, which is essentially my personal story of how I had to get my butt off the couch to start my weight loss journey. And, and a lot of it dealing with the mental weight that I had been carrying. I had 90 pounds of physical weight and probably 2 million pounds of mental weight that, mm. that I was carrying every day. Wow, that's that's heavy. Yes. Yeah, it is heavy. It is heavy and it's so often all our story. We are just told to be the strong one, you know, mm. like girls don't get to cry, you know, we put on our capes every day and we don't get to talk about the emotional pain that we're in and the fact that we're using food, which is the number one drug of choice to cope with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next to food, and then I, I like to say you end, you're using one of the three Bs. You either in the bakery eating some sweets, <laughs> you in the you in the bar drinking drinking your problems away, yeah. or you laying in somebody's bed trying to find love in the wrong place. Wow. Ooh, that's what it is. Girl, that sound like a that sound like a, a book in the making right there. That's the next book. Bakery bar in the food. The bakery was my was my choice, and for so many women, that's where we find comfort. That's where we look for our best friend. That's where we look for something to help us when we're in pain. And and that was my story. And it was so often I was eating fried chicken, drinking my sweet tea. That was a daily meal for me. And people are always like, oh my God, you ate fried chicken every day, every day, because it reminded me of my grandmother. And I didn't feel so good inside. I didn't like the person I saw in the mirror. And so fried chicken reminded me of a place where I felt comfortable, of a place where I felt loved. And so the more pain I was in, the more chicken I had to eat. And so that couch was, was my daily routine after working, eating, crying. And there's something very magical about crying and eating. <laughs> you know? That's real. And so that was my story for a long time. And I just remember crying and asking God, please help me. Like, I cannot do this anymore. I cannot be this person anymore where I question my value, my worth, and, and really the purpose of my life. And so God's voice to me was, get, get off, girl, get off the couch. And I was like, what? Oh, nobody just going to come and take fried chicken from me? <laughs> you know? Right. It was like, you got to get off the couch, which is that couch is just representative of the pain, the loss, the struggle, all of the mental things that's holding us down and holding us back. And mm. so you got to release that. You got to get off the couch and, and really to fight for your wellness. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the tenet of what I teach people is you got to fight for it. Mm-hmm. You got to yeah. fight with every, you got to fight for happiness. Happiness just doesn't come knocking on your door and say, hey, I'm happiness. I'm here to, you know, hang out with you. 
No, you got to fight for it because we are taught, especially as black women, that everybody's needs are are higher priority than our own. Absolutely. Absolutely. You- so we got to fight those natural instincts to put, you know, husband, sister, cousin, kids, neighbor, co-worker, church member, pastor, mm. everybody ahead of our own. We got to fight that that urge to, to put ourselves on the back burner. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Mm-hmm. You said something yeah. interesting, which I'd, I'd never, I'd, I don't know if it was just the way you said it or what, or I just never even thought about it, especially with when you're talking about individuals who cope with, you know, stress or, or loss or anything like that. And you said something, you know, you said you would cry and then and eat and you were eating fried chicken, mm-hmm. you cry and eat. And I was just thinking of, you know, crying is a form of release, right? And that's mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It's okay to cry. We're emotional creatures. We're, you know, we're, it's okay to cry and a release. Right. Um, but you release and you empty yourself and then you'd fill yourself back up with food. And I just thought that was like, I'd never mm-hmm. even, I just saw a picture of you were emptying yourself, but then you were filling yourself back up with something yes. that was harming exactly. you. So yeah. And I just, there's the cycle that continues. Yeah. The unhealthy cycle. That's, you empty and then fill it right back up with the thing that's making you cry. Right, yes. right. That's profound. Mm-hmm. Super profound. Yeah. My mm-hmm. goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my next question for you, since we're talking about just triggers and you you shared some of your story and, you know, being a, a product of the the foster system and losing your grandmother and, you know, your mother um, being addicted to drugs and all those things. What are some of the main triggers that you've seen um, among women when it comes to the correlation of mental health and weight loss? Um, trauma being the number one, mm-hmm. some experienced trauma, unresolved trauma. And that can be anything, anything negative that has affected us. Divorce, loss, grief, uh, relationship issues, unhealthy experiences with people that we trusted that violated our trust mm. i call i uh, one area i call is church hurt that mm-hmm. deep-seated spiritual hurt that we experience sometimes mm. from quote-unquote church members yes. air quotations, that's <laughs> that you expect the love and support and right comfort you right um, that in itself so many women are dealing with church hurt because it's almost at a deeper um, level because church is where you go for comfort and then mm-hmm. it's the place that you go seek for comfort that you're supposed to be able to be who you are come as you are the people love on you and help support you through whatever pain you're going through and yeah. then they turn around and and misuse that in some way or yeah. take advantage of you if you in some way that's an even deeper level of hurt I call it church hurt but yeah. it's really it stems from trauma mm. in any shape that the individual has experienced and your trauma may be different from my trauma, but the end result is the same, which is the pain. Interesting. I I have a follow-up question to that. Do you see that the, that the mental health issue and the weight loss thing kind of, do they both show up at the same time? Does one show up before the other? It's kind (laughs) of like the cart before the horse. Ultimately, the foundation of life is your, your, is your mind. Mm -hmm. So, Everything starts with the mind. It starts and ends with the mind. So your body is not going to do anything that you haven't you haven't processed a thought beforehand. Mm. So there's automatic thoughts happening 
like you're breathing. You're not telling your body breathe. It's an automatic thing that's happening all all day, hopefully all day, all the time. Right. Uh, for, for, for life. So breath is life. Mm-hmm. And so thought is life. Mm-hmm. And so for weight, it, it the foundation is your mind. It is mental health. But so often what we are taught and we're taught incorrectly is to lose the physical weight you only deal with physical aspects. What am I eating? Exercise, drinking water. That's such a small portion of your overall health. The yeah. physical part is the is the smallest portion. What you're eating, food is not the cause of your weight issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts is the cause of your weight issues. And yes. so that's that's what I, what I teach women. That's why people call me the mental weightologist. Is mm. because I'm I'm helping people to understand, especially women, that is not the diet. The diet, yes, I eat fried chicken and drink sweet tea every day, but that wasn't my primary issue. People were like, "Well, yeah, it was you eat fried chicken." Yeah. So the reason I was choosing chicken was the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Once you fix that, once you fix the thought. And that's triggering the action, then you get your body is automatically going to do what is programmed and how God created it to do. Mm-hmm. We're, we're working against ourselves by just looking at the physical piece, which is the smallest piece. Yeah. Yeah. When you have mind, body, spirit balance, you don't have to think about weight. Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I love that you you're in the space that, you know, as from on the mental space side that, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're licensed in this area to really break into the core sometimes of it all, because it's like you said, it's deeper than the physical. And I love that you, you have this kind of unique perspective and how you can go in and assist your you know clients through their journeys. So. Kind of for me, like, how are you helping women rework their relationship with self and food? How do you encourage your clients to overcome this phase of emotional eating? And I, I use it with my signature framework. It's called owning your fat, F-A-T. The F stands for feelings. So often we have feelings that we try to ignore. So the first part of that process is acknowledgement of feelings. The A in fat stands for actions, because once you acknowledge there's an issue, you need to then put in place actions. So honor your actions and and getting getting movement. And then the T in fat stands for transformation and and being able to visualize, visualize the change. Because if you can't see yourself in a different, in a different light, you can't see yourself in the way you want to be, then you're not going to get to the to the place you're trying to get to. Yeah. So for me, I had to be very clear about the person that I that I wanted to be, and it's not about just the physical piece. But how did I want to? How did I want to feel? Um, how did I want to look? How did I want to react to people? How did I want to feel love and experience love? All of those things make us who we are. And we have to get very clear about that. It's, it's like going on a vacation and, and, and trying to go to the island and not sure how to get there. You know, it's the same same process. You got to be clear about your destination so that you can plan accordingly. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. No, I love that. You know, 
and the fact that it's called Fat Framework, so it's easy to remember and it breaks down. And it's like the only thing, and it's the only thing we all complain about. Oh, I'm yeah. too fat, everybody. I'm too fat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too fat here. Not enough fat there. Yeah. Yes, feelings, actions, and transformation. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, in this Fat Framework, it's a network, right? That you've kind of created. Is it is it's part of a network that's been created for women to connect? Is that yeah, right? So I have a so I have a group. Um, that I work with a Facebook, I have a, a, a Facebook group uh, where I'm trying to build a community of women fighting for their fighting for their wellness. Yeah, and because we we need to understand, we have to fight for it. It's, it's called um, Women's Wellness Warrior, and so anybody can join. It's completely free every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. I, I do a live teaching every Tuesday to to help give a tip, a strategy on living out your wellness, your everyday wellness. I also have a group coaching program that I work with women over the course of a couple months to help them really dig deep in terms of owning that, the fat framework and and making the changes. And then I do a live event every year and I just had it last weekend. It's called Wellness Warrior Live where I bring people in. I have a mental health therapist at every table Oh, wow. I have um, a spiritual wellness expert present teaching. I have a meditation expert teaching. I have a food expert teaching and as well as myself teaching. I have a skin expert. And the full day is about really digging deep um, and helping us to supercharge that our inner hero um, on our wellness journey. And so those are the three areas in which I, I work with women and because everybody's journey is different. Right. You know, what works for me may not work for you. And yeah. so the first piece is find out what's going to work best for you. Because if I tell you spinning is the way to lose weight and you hate spinning, you're not, you're not going to lose the weight. Right. So we got to find what works for you. And, and it's important that we, you know, really look at an individual our individual journey. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, in what ways do you see that women require the most support when they're on this journey of mental health wellnesses and physical wellness? Where do you uh, see so that? Women, yes, women need the most support because of all the roles we, we carry. You know, mm. wife, mother, daughter, um, employee, church member, and the list goes on and on. Yeah. You know, we're taught to, to, to just keep going. You don't get to stop. You focus on multiple things at one time and just keep going. And so men have a, have a knack of focusing on one thing at a time, uh, which is a really, even though many women complain about that and their spouses and significant others, but there is a skill to that that, that helps to reduce your stress level and yeah. how you process when you're, when you're trying to, quote, unquote, multitask. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why women need the most support in this journey because yeah. it's so we, we feel so guilty just being on a wellness journey for ourselves. Cause it's like, well, 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 like I had a client and, and she would, she would literally cry leaving her daughter at home for an hour to go to the gym. Wow. She was like, I just feel so bad that she's, she's home by herself. And I was like, what's, I, I would, I would say, what's, what, okay, when you're home, what is she doing? Oh, she's in her room because she's a teenager on the phone. And I was like, okay, what happens when you go to the gym? Oh, she's still in the room on the phone. So I was like, so the you time know, you're not even spending that time with your exactly. kid and your daughter, <laughs> the health of your daughter 
that's directly linked to your own health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to the gym and working out helps your daughter as well as you because you're teaching her a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. So often we, we talk about generational curses is because we're all doing the same thing and expecting different results. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. When you was talking, when you mentioned a lot of that, all I could think about was, you know, this, you know, the strong black woman stigma. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, we carry some oftentimes so much weight, not only just weight in, you know, so so this conversation for me is it's 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 processing in such a fullness for me because it's not just shedding the weight in physical pounds physical weight but also from the mental space Mm -hmm. i think that mental unpacking is like you said is just the key of unlocking so much because we've sometimes build up this storage and we just continue to build and build and build and we often carry a lot of weight and getting to the root of that and healing in that space opens up healing in other ways which includes our physical health so yeah i just think that this that's why i'm so you know, I've heard, you know, I've talked to people as far as, you know, as far as, you know, how you can get better, you know, about being more active and caring about your health and right. from a physical space. But this just ties it all together because, again, it's from and I, I'm, I think I'm talking so deeply on this, too, because I'm seeing the trigger in me mm. that it is more of a mental thing because I do want to get off the couch, but I don't know what exactly is preventing me from doing that. And I know it's something from that's mentally holding mm-hmm. me back. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you recognize and acknowledge something needs to change is, is a step in the right direction. You're already, you're, you're on the journey. You know, you've started the journey. Because so often we deny, we tell ourselves that there's nothing wrong Mm -hmm. and and everything is fine. The fact that you've acknowledged like, hey, something's wrong. I don't know exactly what it is, but something's keeping me from from taking that next step. And yeah, and and so in in session, in a therapeutic session, we like we would explore what, you know, your history and and kind of what's what's going on, those stressors that have happened no what? i'm gonna tell on you no. she'll <laughs> no no not in a not in a negative way i'm sorry we can cut this part out if no. we need to but i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say do what it. you gotta but say i'm we i'm start a crying count a, a cry count then we just say that tears are a way to express i'm not you, saying matter of fact you just, said that shaming your, you? you just said that in your own from your own I mouth did. am it's i cry shaming you am i cry shaming you i'm not I'm saying sorry. but i'm saying i didn't mean it <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. I was just thinking more. I was like, I'm gonna keep a cry count of every time we have somebody on and you start crying. No, you should. You should feel very special, Doctor Adisha. If you get tears out of Yana, man. (laughs) I think I've cried on the show twice, a couple times. Yeah. No worries. No, but that actually brings a point, though. Um, Just asking for not asking for a friend, asking for myself. Do you do you offer coaching virtually? That's a good question. Coaching program oh, yeah. is, a, is group, yeah. virtual. Oh yeah, yes. that's right. It's a virtual. It is a virtual tra- um, training program so that people, you know, so I work with people all over and not just specifically people in in our area. And it gives people flexibility that you can 
you know, I can I can tag it to you while you at home on the couch. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, what we doing? right. Time to get off this couch now, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think it for me. It's when you first started talking at the beginning of the interview and just making really driving home the correlation between like the mental health aspect of how how your wellness is affected. And I just was thinking for me from a spiritual standpoint, like what last six months last year, Yana knows like Mm -hmm. sis was and it was more of kind of what you were talking about, Dr. Radisha, just pouring myself out into everybody else and everything else and specifically with our church and was just frustrated with a lot of things. And so, yeah, my my eating and drinking <laughs> and everything else, uh-huh, uh-huh. like, definitely increased tremendously to where I just wasn't even thinking about my physical health at, at all. Mm-hmm. And then I, there was a trigger. Something had to flip, a, a switch flipped. And, and I was like, no, some people finna take some ales and I got to be okay with that. And so definitely like had to start like just slowly pulling myself from certain things and be like, nope, I can't do that. Nope, can't do that. And I don't feel sorry for saying nope. And no, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. And I got to start putting myself first because I'm not going to be here if I'm steady doing everything for everybody else. Um, It's not fair to me. It's not fair to me. So I I, thank you for just really kind of drawing that picture and making it plain because I didn't even think about that. Yes. And I was just one last thing. You know, it's interesting. I know your book is Girl Get Off the Couch, but that can still mean so many things. Basically means get to moving. But I was just thinking too, I was like, well, I'm not necessarily on the couch that much. I'm just always, I'm always behind the desk. I can't Mm. seem, I bury myself so deeply into my work that I consume myself with my work that I don't, I I say that I don't have the time to work out, but it's, I don't know. I'm not making, well, let's be real. I'm not making a time for me to work out, but I'm always burying myself in work. work. Hmm. So I'm always behind the desk. I'm always just working, working, working. So that's my, yes. Wow. You know, symbolic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. Everybody's like on the couch. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, Go no, ahead. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. So, the, so, so I'm saying, so the desk is, is where you are. The, mm-hmm. the desk emotionally is where you are. The bed may be where somebody else yeah, is or the chair. Yeah. But getting off the couch is about facing whatever that emotional baggage that you've been carrying around for so long, dragging around, that's holding you back, that's contributing to your weight really start to face that yeah, um, because that's the only way you're going to get permanent solution. And it's the, it's, it's hard. It's the hardest part of the journey. Changing your eating habits. People think it's the hardest. No. Figuring out good, different recipes, adding more vegetables to your diet. Oh, that's easy. The hardest part of the journey is, is un- unpacking that bag that you've been carrying. For so yeah. Long. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll do everything else. We'll stuck it. We'll stick it places. We'll add every uh, other people's bags with our bags and look that around some more. I'm taking my pain, mm-hmm. your pain. Yeah, also, you know your cousin pain. And you I, know it's so hard to open that bag and to unpack it. And I think you know I, I was going to ask you something about your book, and I, and I am going to ask you about something else about your book here in a second. But I just thought about something too, especially in the black community, because we are so like. 
I know sometimes we get a bad rap for not quote unquote sticking together. But when it comes to family, we tend to a lot of times we do take on the baggage of our own family issues, right? And sometimes to a fault to where we don't seek outside help. And then that begins to affect us, you know, in multiple ways as well. And definitely from a mental standpoint, but I was just I don't know why I said that. I was just thinking about that. But I do want to know what inspired you to really write this book? Because I know you had your own your own personal journey that you went through. But what what triggered you to be like, no, like I need to write a book. I need to write about this. You know, God had put it on my heart for a while. I, I wrote the book two years over the course of a two year time period. I just really wanted my sister's my cousins, my the women in in my community, I just wanted them to understand that it was the mental weight that held me on that couch. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I see so many of us struggle with weight. You know, 70% of the population were overweight. And I'm in the South, and that number is probably closer to 90 because we, we bought this food life down the South. Right. But I just needed, like, I I just kept having the same conversation over and over. And I needed to to put a face with it. So I said, you know, and I was like, God, somebody needs to to tell them and they need to see. And he was like, yeah, you. And I was like, what? I I don't want everybody to see and know my business. You know what I mean? Because I'm a private person. Yeah. So when I wrote the book, it's, it's my own personal story. I talk about being in a toxic marriage. I had a an ex-husband that was a serial cheater and and I didn't want to deal with that you know and I, I used food to, to hide that sin as well and, and to process what was happening and I, you know you there's shame in that even though it's not my shame to carry you feel ashamed mm-hmm. of yeah. all of the different trauma points in your life and I needed to put a face with what depression is and because and so often we think that the only people that are depressed are the people that can't get out of bed. And in fact, that's the smallest percentage of people, women that are struggling with depression. Most mm. women go to work every day and mm-hmm. still take care of their families. Yeah. But they, st- but they're still depressed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. And so it really is a story of, of depression and, and the connection between depression and weight. And it just happens to be my story. Yeah. It just happens to be my story. And I wrote it for us, for women that look like us, because so often when you think of wellness, you think about the skinny, white, blonde woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when you say wellness, we don't think of ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, and so I, I, I just was moved to challenge that, to challenge what wellness looks like for us. And, in, and, and how we receive that and the importance of it. Because we we all are on a wellness journey, whether or not we acknowledge it or not. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I want to quickly segue just a little bit and talk about obesity, especially as it relates to, you know, us as Black women. I know a part of it, we kind of talked through why, you know, what plays into some of it, you know, this, the trauma versus, you know, some of the things that we have from a mental Thing that's going on to you but from your kind of perspective can you share why you feel like this is such an alarming rate among black women and also to that tune 
how can we address this like beyond the reach of black women you know because a lot of things and a lot of metrics are not they don't really take the full uh, our, our bodies are designed differently mm-hmm. i feel like you know we there's some it's it's it's, it's physical as well like it's, there's so many you know different things that affect us as black as black women than you know let's say other races yeah can you elaborate a little bit on that and from being in this space, kind of what you've seen from this um, particular area? Yeah, so we are affected differently. You know, there are differences in, in certain in certain different in different races. And so for us, you know, it starts at the foundation of who we are trying to process life and how to get through difficult periods in life mm-hmm. uh, for us. Especially in especially in the South, the church is the foundation. Our um, relationship with God is is, is where we start. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the case for every group, and, and there's regional differences as well. So not every black person in America has this experience, but most black that's women true. living yeah. in the South that is their experience. Right, and and really understanding where we start, our our, our the core and our foundation so that we can build upon that so when you don't like yourself you know you know i'm a christian and i've been a christian most of my life grew up in the church loving jesus jesus girl yeah i can't live without him but when you when i was overweight and had so much so much going on that i didn't like about myself it affected how I worship God. It mm. affected my relationship with God yeah. and the foundation in which I built my house. Yeah. And so part of the wellness journey is a spiritual piece as well, because if you believe God created you and he don't make no mistakes, but you hate the thing that God created, mm. then that's going to affect your relationship with God, mm. how you worship God yeah, and yourself within that process. So that's good. No matter where you are or what group of people you are, white, black, brown, you know, Asian, you know, you have to start where that foundation is for you in that culture. And everybody is a little it's a little different. There's different nuances, but you you got to start in which that found how that foundation was built. Yeah. Do you think it's important for other healthcare professionals who do not look like us that they are educated on even how sometimes trauma does affect black women and when it comes to obesity rates in America? Yes, 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 and yes. Cultural competency is so important. And unfortunately, we do not have enough black therapists. You know, mm. we, do, we do not have enough black therapists to see all the black people that are in pain. And so regardless of who you're treating, it's important to be aware of the culture and how it how it affects that person. You know, so often I get, I, you know, I spent five years working in the emergency room of, a, of our hospital here. I was the therapist on call anytime we had a suicidal patient. Mm-hmm. And so often, you know, because medical doctors are not, they're not trained in, in the, the workings of the brain. Right. They know how the body works functionally. Right. Yeah. But when it comes to mental health, they they get like one course. And so 
they they don't want to touch it if they can't give you a pill and just automatically fix it that's just not not their lane so i i work alongside the medical doctor anytime there was a suicide patient uh once they've cleared that there's no physical issues they would you know do a consult with me tap me in and, you know to figure out and so often when we had black women that to come into the er that were suicidal some a lot of times they get labeled as oh they're just whining mm-hmm. oh that's not really a big problem like it's all like their issue somehow is minimized yeah yeah. And not looking at all the aspects of that person's life. And race, unfortunately, in the medical field does affect your treatment. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish it wasn't that way. I mean, there's studies to prove it. Yeah. That race affects your treatment, your course of treatment. That's why so many more black women suffer fatalities related to pregnancies. There's a whole mm-hmm. huge study around that that more black women experience fatalities related to delivery because their cries, their pain is somehow marginalized and minimized. You know, we don't get the same level of treatment. That's why cultural competency is so important. So that when you're doing a treatment plan or determining the best course of treatment for that patient, you look at all the aspects. Um, Because you don't want to send somebody back home where the risk factors are high, the risk of suicide is high. We need to, we need to, and with, when you're dealing with the emergency room, you're dealing with a lot of crisis. You have to get crisis treatment. Yeah. You got to get crisis treatment, you know. Um, so, so you're right. So to answer your question, absolutely. Because it affects our treatment options. Yeah. You know, there's, I can tell you countless times where I'm, I have argued with the emergency room doctor. Mm. that that was just like oh that person just can go home and i'm like absolutely not absolutely mm. not we're we're keeping them yeah. and so you know with the hospital and beds and you know a lot of things going going to it but as a licensed therapist you you can do a involuntary hold basically when someone is a threat is deemed a threat um to hurt themselves or to hurt somebody else you can it's a legal document that you can keep them essentially against their will. But again, you would only use that in extreme cases because it is, it is, you know, essentially you're taking their rights away. But I, I can tell you countless times where I have gone toe to toe with, with an emergency room doctor that has just minimized the person's, you know, the, the, their symptoms yeah. and wanting to get them and wanting to get them out the door. And I'm like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Well, kudos so to you does. for being. Race affects your treatment, sure, yeah. for sure. Well, kudos to you for being an advocate and fighting for the well-being of others. Seriously, in yes. those really hard situations, that's yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sure. No, I mm-hmm. appreciate. It. And yeah. it's you know, it's a it's a field that we need more. We need more Black folks going into. We need more mental health therapists. We need more people of color to become therapists so that because there's a shortage overall with therapists in general anything dealing with mental health there's a long wait for most places so it's so important in general but especially black therapists so you know they're we're growing yeah. certainly not as fast as we need to to keep up with the population needs well now i got op- more options to get my daughters like how about yes, <laughs> Don't call me. Let's yes. consider. Well, we got a long time. They only nine and six, but, but okay. I'm just saying <laughs> we got options. We got a lot, lot more options. One question for me. So 
for all our listeners who are listening and tuning in, our our loyal listeners or our new listeners, again, we have Dr. Redisha Brown on the show with us today. And um, she's sharing a lot about everything from how weight is affected from a mental space. She, she's the mental weightologist. Mental weightologist. Yes. So what's one tip, um, Dr. Redisha, that you can leave for our listeners that are wanting to take that first step toward better health mentally and physically. I would, I would challenge them to take, to, to do one thing, just do one thing at a time. And if, and if you're not ready to start on the, on, on the mental health aspect of your wellness, you know, just do one thing that you commit to, even if it's just drinking more water, water is so important in detoxing the body. Pick one thing and just consistently do that one thing. Just consistently yeah. do that one thing. You know, so often we overwhelm ourselves trying to do everything at once. And then we get frustrated when, when we don't see the immediate results. But pick one thing, one simple thing, and just do it every day. That's that's easy. That's good. That's easy. That's, that's easy. what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be easy. That is one true. One thing, if, it drink, if it's drinking water... I'm going to drink 60 bottles of water, 64 bottles of water every day. I did do that this week. You did that this you week? You did? You're not, okay, you remember today, this week was my... Oh, my, you were dry this my, week. Dry, I dry had week. nothing but water. Yay. And for some reason, I crave orange juice at night. I don't like to drink orange juice in the morning like regular people. I yeah. always like to drink it before I go to bed. That's <laughs> weird. That is very weird. <laughs> I don't know why. But I didn't have anything but water. Yes. So, yeah, I, I did oh, Congratulations. <laughs> right. I'm trying to get a go. You star. survived a dry week. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Really this is. is not about me. Uh, <laughs> we might need to do a live on call therapy session so Seriously. people can understand how it goes. <laughs> no, no, that's good. Yeah. To start. I mean, it's so. Who? It's. Uh, but you know, we, that's kind of what we do in most in things in life. Anyway, we always make what was designed to be simple mm-hmm. for us. We make it so much complicated. So complicated. Why yeah, you? we do. We overcomplicate everything. Seriously, seriously. Now, obviously, we know that you you help other people, right? And a lot of times, when you're having conversations with individuals, or you're coaching them, or not coaching them, but when you're having sessions and and you're helping people achieve wellness mentally and physically, that I would assume, but you correct me if I'm wrong. That that could be stressful. Mm-hmm. So if that is the case, how do you deal with? Because you know you can take on some other people's stresses. Mm-hmm. How did? How do you work through that? How do you manage that for yourself? Oh, that's that's a very good point. Um, because you're right. When you're the helper, you have your own stress and then and and frustrations and and life events, and then you you know receive other people's mm-hmm. and, and the work that that I do. So for me, it's, it's doing those foundational things to help me on my wellness journey. One, meditation. Prayer and meditation. Yeah. Oh, it's the, when I open my eyes in the morning, that's where I start my day with. How you start your morning affects how the rest of your day goes. Mm-hmm. You got to start with a, a full cup. So as mm-hmm. things happen throughout the day, you're, you have something to empty from. Yeah. And if you start off with an empty cup, and things happen that you cannot pour from from an empty cup. Mm. So prayer and meditation. And then therapy for me, I have a, a therapist that I work with 
that mm-hmm. I see to help me process those those tough times when when I when I am challenged. Yeah, um, kind of like a checkup. And people are like, "How often do you need to see a therapist?" Just like you do your annual checkup, you need to do a mental health checkup, which which I do. And so, eating well, healthy eating is is a foundation from which I build my house because. Food is medicine, mm-hmm. and and it is a portion of those of the things uh, is a weapon that I use in my fight in the fight for my wellness. And so those things working together, uh, you know, help me to stay stay positive, to stay focused on my own wellness as I help other people. Thank you for sharing yeah. that because that uh-huh. that I feel like that is so vital and so key, especially coming from someone who is a therapist themselves. Yes, because you know, a lot of us, although we we, we might recognize that we need that kind of help, or we might need, and sometimes we we kind of we compartmentalize seeing a therapist as meaning just as one thing, mm. and it's just. Someone that God has designed you to help, you know, you navigate certain, you know, phases of life. It's not yeah. necessarily just something is, it's not a bad thing. Well, and we're just trying to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I something. didn't mean to cut you no, off. Go ahead. I, 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 she, I love the fact that she said she goes to her therapist, just like how you go for your annual, yes, whatever, checkup. A, it yes. is, you got to get mind this part of your body too. We got to. Yeah. Right. Make sure that's together, just like anything else. So why that makes so much sense? Why would you not go at least if you're not dealing with some serious issues? It doesn't take you having to have something going yes. on in that in a way, and you know something. We 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 kind of um, combine it with the thought of something bad has to be yes. happening or has to be experiencing something exactly. to see or you know to seek that type of support. Exactly. You don't but necessarily go to the doctor when you're sick. It's all a well checkup. It's a yes. well checkup. I love that. Yes. That's awesome. And if your and therapist don't go to a therapist, then don't yeah, go to that therapist. I was just going to say that because we had <laughs> another guest that was like, one of the key things is like, your coach doesn't have a coach. Yes. Everyone has <clears throat> to have a coach. Yes. <clears throat> and if your coach is not being coached by then, somebody, <sighs> I was do you really trust? Thing. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. Man. Sorry, we just went off on a tangent yeah, there. Sorry about that. Dr. <laughs> No, this conversation, man, we can talk to you all day, yes. but we won't do that to no. you. We're going to kind of get graded and draw near to a close. But as we wrap, we ha- we do have a few closing questions for you. The first one is more geared around your power word for 2020. We know a lot of people have um, different words that guide them throughout the year that they that leads them. And um, we're interested to hear if you have one for 2020 and why did you choose that word? My word is intention uh, for 2020 because I want to be intentional about everything from from the work that I do. I want to have a specific vision, a specific goal for it. There was a time I said yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to every conference. I did, you know, I said yes to everyone that called me that wanted to work with me. 2020 clarifying my vision on this journey um, so I can have 2020 vision (laughs) and so I want to be intentional about the women that I'm called to serve Mm. and intentional about the activities to help align me to to best serve those women yeah that's good that's really good are there any new projects in the works for 2020 can can we be expecting a, a a book, another book, or or what? What, what you got going on? Everybody asks about another book. Every, <laughs> girl, go write what, that book. 
Seriously, <laughs> right? <laughs> I actually got two books kind of th- that I'm that I'm thinking that I'm thinking about, but another book will probably not be on the horizon for 2020. But what will be on the horizon for 2020 is I will be a part, likely a part of a TV show. Oh. Their segment is called Life Coach Segment. Okay, um, I can't really talk too much in it because yeah. the contract had been signed. Yet. No, we get that. But, yeah. But, but yeah, so I'm in I'm in negotiations to be to to be a part of the cast for the fourth season of this particular show. Inside of the show, it's they have a life coach minute. And so where different life coaches basically give a tip, a strategy, and so it, it airs every week and the audience is expanding. So you might be seeing all this dark chocolate coming to TV. Yes. Melanate our TVs on up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so that's that 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 might be what I'm doing. I'm still, you know, push pushing for my group coaching program, working with women. You're going to see a lot more speaking engagements. You know, I prayed last fall. I was like, Lord, just fill up my calendar. I'm ready. Send me out, and then it's just been on fire. <laughs> yeah. So, so a lot of speaking engagements, kind of across the across the country, because I've kind of made the South is my kind of my stumping ground on mm-hmm. purpose but I'm being pulled to come to do more traveling California out west and things like that so so you'll see see me on riding on somebody plane that's awesome, awesome. and we can't wait to follow up with you yeah, to hear the- about this next Faith. Yes, keep yes, us updated. Now, y'all. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, yes, you, you are. are. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Come on through. Girl. <laughs> you know what they should have. Right. <laughs> Going to have dinner with her tonight. <laughs> no, that's so good. Yes, I'm excited. Girl. <laughs> I just saw you on my TV and I just got yeah. excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> Your face just flashed. Don't even know. Just it's face dead. on the TV. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so how can our listeners connect with you? I know after our conversation, you, you, you they're gonna want to flood you. Oh, yeah. They're gonna want to yes. connect. <laughs> come on, come on through and see me. Um, you can catch me on Facebook, Instagram at Dr. Radisha Brown. That's D R R A D I S H A Brown. My whole government name. Yeah, you okay. can head over to my website, girlgetoffthecouch.com. That's easy to remember. You can grab the book also, uh, Broke It Off the Couch, on Amazon or from a website. If you get it from my website, I will um, personalize and sign it and ship it right on to you. So let's just start the wellness journey. As you learn, share the information with your sisters because we... There's somebody in your life struggling, uh, whether or not you know it. And Mm -hmm. so it may take you getting on your wellness journey to help motivate them on their wellness journey. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's beautiful. Well, I, I I'm sad that we're 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 about to close this interview out, but man, this has been a wonderful conversation. It has wonderful. Been. You've opened our minds. Yes, a lot of light bulbs have gone and, off. Yes. <laughs> You've unlocked just even in this short amount of time. Yeah, just for me, I feel like I owe you um, something. I don't right? know if you, you need to be on me, right? Right. I'm going to have to send you an IOU check, but you can cash that at Jesus Got Me Bank of... I can't stand you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. All right, I got you. He no, got 
got it all. <laughs> he paid it all. He paid it all. No, thank you so much for chatting with us and tolerating our craziness. Yes, <laughs> we can be a bit much. <laughs> no, but we enjoy. We really, we, in all seriousness, we really have enjoyed talking with you today, and we know that this won't be the last that we will. Yeah. And as always, we just want to thank all of our listeners to always continue to to support us mm-hmm. as we continue to lift yet another beautiful black voice. You know, it is always our aim to amplify the voices of black women and share our stories of transformation, you know, share our lessons and celebrate our successes. Mm -hmm. So we have successfully done that today. Yes. Um, And if you missed it, you can press rewind and you can hear it all over again Mm -hmm. and again and again and tell a friend. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Tell your friend. Tap in. Let's listen to this podcast. That's right. Yes. Yes. But, I mean, I guess that's it for today. Yeah. Until next time, you guys. Melanate Melanate on that. I know that's right. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed our chat today. Keep the conversation going by heading to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leaving us a review. Have a story of your own to share? Email us at info at melanatedconversations.com or connect with us on social media at Melanated Conversations. Till next time, keep raising your voice. Are you someone who's ready to get your voice out into the world? Have you been considering starting your own podcast and not sure of all the things it takes to launch your show? Well, at Levels to Lunch, they've done all the groundwork to help you turn your dreams into streams. With professional knowledge and experience in strategy, recording, editing, and presenting, they have all the resources to help you and your journey in launching your show. From the do-it-yourselfer to that time-strapped podcaster that just needs to get it done, they walk you through every step to get your show launched and ready for the world. So go ahead and take that next step and make your podcasting dreams a reality by visiting levelstolunch.com. Again, that's www.levelstolunch.com.